hello and welcome to the next Lost in Possession podcast. Three mates, three different teams, three very different opinions. Now this week we've got some fascinating games that have gone, some ups and downs for probably all three of us. The FA Cup, the Champions League, and then it was the shock sacking of Sean Dyche. Now if we want to start with the FA Cup, Jordan, you might as well kick us off with that. Yes. We'll get to Palace. Another year, another FA Cup final. Uh, it's starting to get, starting to become a bit of a habit for us. Um, yeah, again, you know, Palace, fair play to them for getting to the semis. Um, they put up a good fight. Obviously, it wasn't the most uh, jaw-dropping game of football, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, it was very kind of slow pace, very methodical. Um, but in the end, we got the job done, professional win. Um, and, and again, I think that leaves us with, with five of the last six years we've been in the FA Cup final. So good, it's becoming a good habit, but we just need to make sure we're winning it. Um, Tuchel, just looking at the stats as well, Tuchel, I think it's his sixth final now um, in 15 months of being in charge. So again, another kind of good milestone. Um, yeah, a performance maybe not to be proud of, but a good job done. Um, and we, we needed a bit of a, a pick-me-up result after exiting Madrid. You know, we, we discussed it last week, obviously. Could we do it? Could we put up a fight? We put up a fight, but devastated that we're out. But it is what it is. Um, in terms of Liverpool, all I want to say is let, let's get some revenge. Beat us in the Carabao by the skin of their teeth. I'm confident we'll get the job done in the final. Um, we'll be drinking Klopp's tears of the quadruple dreams dying. Um, and happy, it'll be happy days. That's all I can say. Yeah, but with you getting to the final, Jordan, have you seen how easy it's been for you to get there? Yes. What, <laughs> the fixtures, I, I didn't realise they were that bad until I looked myself. Chesterfield at home, Plymouth. Yeah. At home, listen, don't write Luton, off Plymouth, right? They, Plymouth are massive everywhere they go, they say. and Palace. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, look, I'm not gonna, Green Army. I'm not gonna dress it up. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, it, 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 it on paper definitely it looks, it looks quite a favorable draw, can't complain too much. Um, I think part of that we we're having this discussion, but part of it's it's harder to get a hard draw when you've got Middlesbrough, who you, who, you know, we comfortably beat Middlesbrough. But actually, Middlesbrough had knocked out both Spurs and Man United. So, you know, in terms of that, obviously, we can only beat, you know, Middlesbrough obviously did a, ma a massive job. But, yeah, I think on balance, that you know, we we've had a fairly fortunate draw. Um, I said to you guys yesterday as well, obviously, you know, no one's talking about it. Our Carabao Cup run this year was very difficult. Um, we got a Prem, Prem team in every round. So maybe, maybe, you know, a bit of luck there. But look, we're in the final. We've got to get the job done now. I mean, at the end of the day, you can only beat what's in front of you. You know, it's the whole point of a draw. There's no point drawing the same team every single year. Otherwise, there's no point in this competition. But I just want to go back to your point of, did you say, was it five FA Cup final appearances in six years? Yeah, so five, five, five of the last six years we've been in the FA Cup final. How many have you won? <sighs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> which year coming. do you want to talk I, about, I right? <laughs> 
I believe you won one and that was under Antonio Conte. You lost to Arsenal twice and you've lost to Leicester in the other one. And then yeah. the 2019 final was won by City. So the record's impressive, but when you put it into that perspective, it's not that good. <laughs> no, I've, I've got receipts, all right? I've got receipts. I, me- I mentioned my best mate, Anthony Taylor, last week. Um, I think he had a hand in two of them, but uh, look, it is what it is. We've got to win it this year and make it all worthwhile. Pressure's definitely on. What yeah. about the what about the other the other game in the FA Cup semi final? I think we should start with our resident city fan <laughs> in the top right hand corner of my screen. I think what he's having some. Uh, I don't know if he can hear us. He might be having some technical difficulties here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's crying. Jamie, are you with us? Yeah, he's too. He's right. too upset. Oh, he's back. He's back with us. <laughs> Slightly too upset. back, yeah. <laughs> um, too upset. No, um, to be fair, I saw you two before I went to Wembley. I knew it was coming, and I wasn't too confident. Like I said it to you both after having the game midweek against Atletico, and then you've got Liverpool who have had they were able to make seven different sort of rotation players. <clears throat> it was gonna be a tough game. The squad that City picked wasn't surprising to me due to who we had out, slight injuries, coming back from injuries. I was fairly happy with the squad, but that first half performance was shocking. Like, despite it being a weakened 11, you shouldn't play like that. Now, the first goal I even said to my brother next to me, Mark Conte, just mark him. He scored against Benfica in both legs and then he goes and scores. It was just, you just had to block him and I thought we would have been fine. We didn't. The second goal, like, <laughs> there's no excuse for it. It's not acceptable, but then mistakes happen. The person who can't make a mistake is the keeper because it ends up in a goal. Trying to be Edison. Yeah, trying to be Edison. It's the way it is the kind of the way we play. So to be honest, I'm not going to be too harsh on him, but it that is a mistake. He knows it. I don't think anyone needs to tell him kind of thing. Then the third goal, if you look at it from a Liverpool's perspective, it's a good goal. But if you look at it defensively, it was dreadful. <laughs> we could have caught rid of that ball three, maybe four times in that just one period of play, and then it's game over. 3-0 at half time. Like we did ourselves like we did all right in the second half. We actually created a lot of chances. And if Jesus scores his one-on-one, we it might have even been 3-3. But when you have a first half like that, it's kind yeah, of you're climbing a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, especially against probably, well, I'm gonna say it as a biased fan, the second best team in the world. Like you just don't go 3-0 down at half-time to them and playing like that. And, and on, on the what point of obviously, of it? I, th- I think the point where it brings up quite an interesting debate with, with regards to Stefan, um, I think he could obviously, well, no question he was at fault for the second, could argue he should have maybe saved the third. And I think this does bring up a debate of, of whether or not these second, you know, or backup keepers, should they be shown loyalty? in these big games, because we saw, obviously, you know, just go, even going back to the Carabao, we saw the kind of, you know, s- situation we had where we brought on Kepa, 
to say penalties and it didn't work out. We've seen Stefan come in and, and you know, fail fairly miserably on a big stage. So what do you, what, what do you guys think on, on, you know, that loyalty to the second keepers in, in cup competitions? So I would say for the likes of sort of, say, City, sort of like the top, top six teams, it's okay. I think it's fine too. Your, your second goalie should still be good enough. I think if you haven't won a trophy in a while, you you get rid of that loyalty, you go and win a trophy kind of thing. I think, well, Spurs being one, sort of like the Palace one. I don't care if Palace played their second goalie. That's the first time you're going to be at Wembley for a while. It could be you're not going to be there for a long while after you play your strongest team. Yeah. With City, Stefan is still a top goalkeeper. He, I believe he is the USA's number one keeper. It's not as if he is just a young kid and we're throwing him in against Liverpool. He's someone who, what I've seen, is good enough. Whereas, obviously, you, Chelsea, you've got Kepa as your second keeper. Now, changing the goalie for penalties, I don't agree with. But if you started Kepa, it would have, I think it would have been perfectly fine. Although you have spent seventy odd million on him, so he should be playing some games. Long term investment, that one. Don't you worry. <laughs> Reese, what do you think of the second goalkeeper argument? Yeah, I mean, I mean, football clubs these days, you know, the second choice goalkeeper is a better than they've ever been. You know, if you look throughout the years, how the second choice goalkeeper was never where anywhere near the standard, or they'd be like, you know, the under 23s keeper or something like that so there's nothing wrong with playing them like you know Zach Stiffer made a mistake you know goalkeepers will make mistakes it, it just happens unfortunately it happens to him there and then he'll recover from that and he'll still be a good goalkeeper so it's it's not an issue like I think I think in the, day, the manager's choice is final if the manager decides that they want to play their number one goalkeeper in the final then that's absolutely fine you know the backup keeper has to understand that that He's in it for the team. But being a second-choice goalkeeper is a strange, strange occupation. You know, you think you're more likely to get to, say, Wembley or get a winner's medal um, ahead of your person, you know, ahead of your teammate who plays plays every week. It's, it's just is what it is. But, yeah, I think I think there's no problem with it. It's, and it's the manager's choice. Yeah. I, I think as well, Jamie, I think you, you raise a fair point, you know, with, with those kind of smaller, so-called smaller clubs that, you know, a trip to Wembley, you know, is a rarity. I think you're right. There's no room at that point for kind of goodwill and, and loyalty. You've got to just go out like it's your only game at Wembley for 10 years and, and, and make sure you don't make any mistakes. You play your first first choice. Um, and on that, again, going back to your point on the, on the kind of big, big clubs, you know, big clubs can maybe afford to play their second keepers and show that loyalty. I think you've got the stats on it, but we, we've got into a scenario where I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but now 28 of the last 30 League Cup wins, I believe, have, have come league, from the top five wins. clubs. Is that correct? I'm not sure if we're having some connection. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's the 28 league. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, so the thing is, it's 28 league titles out of the last 30. 
And then in the FA Cup, 26 of the last 30 have been won either by City, Chelsea, United, Arsenal or Liverpool. Five teams. Crazy. Like it's complete domination. Like there's nothing else. So is the Premier League and the league, like the English league, actually that competitive? Okay, you've got five teams compared to say like two, but even in the Spanish leagues, you get a few more different teams winning it. Like your yeah. Sevillas, Bill Bowles. Like yeah, I, I think that's surprising. When, when you said that, I mean, it, it does feel surprising, but then actually when you sit down and think about it, I can't really remember any major, major kind of upsets in, in the cup. I mean, Leicester, I guess you'd argue last year was quite a big deal. Um, you know, they've not won the FA Cup got, for years or, or possibly ever. Um, I can't think... Yeah, you got Wig, Wigan, against, Wigan against us. Oh, yeah, that was mad. Well, that's <laughs> probably sad, the... Like, yeah, that, sadly there. <laughs> but it's things like that that is an issue where you need you want more more teams win, winning trophies otherwise you might as well be in the championship and see your team do sort of do what Norwich do or Fulham do yeah they might get relegated but you'll see them still win a trophy I know it's the championship but they're still going to win something yeah I, th- I think potentially Whereas, the, the reason for, sorry go on Karen no, 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 continue. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so I, I think, the Reese, you've said it before, but I think the reason that is, is because clubs, you know, let, let, let's take maybe Everton this year as an example. Um, I think they got to the quarterfinals before Palace, but they're ongoing, you know, a, a potential relegation battle. And I think the, the issue with those clubs is they're always going to prioritise the league and the league positioning and survival or whatever else it is over a cup competition. When actually, as you, as you said, <laughs> Wigan's obviously a very bad example because I think they won it and then got relegated the same year. They did, yeah. But ma- maybe that's the exact reason why the, the clubs don't focus on the FA Cup maybe as much as they should. Um, but there maybe is that fear factor with, with the smaller clubs where they just don't want to risk it. They're happy to go out and they're happy just to focus on survival in the league. Reese, what's your thoughts on that? I know you've said stuff about this before. It all comes down to money, doesn't it? You know, the Premier League has the most money, so teams will tarnish their reputation or form in a, in a tournament because it means that they'll get more money finishing 13th than it would be winning an FA Cup. Regardless of what the fans think, that's how it runs. You know, I remember Eddie Howe dropped loads of his Bournemouth players for a League Cup game against, I think it was a Championship or League One side, went through on penalties. And you'd have to think, like, do you not want to win it? You know, you've got a chance just as much as anybody, but it comes down to money, you know, and that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. But if you look across the continent as a whole, there is a core core group of dominating sides. Portugal, you've got Sporting, Porto, Benfica, and even then Sporting is miles away. You've got France with PSG currently, um, most dominant, but Lyon before that. Juventus with... Uh, Juventus, Italy with Juventus, for example, you know, Inter and AC are the only other two teams to have broken that duct, but no other team has done that before. I think the last team outside them seems to win it was Roma. That was about 2001. You look at Germany, Bayern Munich have had a stronghold on it for 10, 15 years, you know, 
Holland has been the top three since it started. Scotland, the Glasgow teams. There's always that core structure of groups. So it's not much of a shock. Like we'd like to think football's competitive and it is in a lot of aspects. But when it comes to the general rule, big trophies, it doesn't change. You know, teams will change. You look at the 70s with the Leeds, Leeds United's of the world, you know, they've been replaced. You know, Aston Villas, they get replaced. The Nottingham Forest, they get replaced. You know, other teams come into the fold, but there's still always going to be that core group. And now that the gap is wider than ever in terms of money, it's not going to change. You know, it's it's what the whole point of the Premier League is for. You think it's for the for everybody. It's not. It's for a core group of teams. And that will stay for a very long time. Yeah. I, no, I, that's true. But, like, I, I always think it's sort of mad when you've got a team that's sort of mid-table or... Yeah, sort of mid-tableish teams. You're thinking maybe like Southampton or something. To be fair, they didn't actually rest players. They played a strong team against us, and then they end up losing on the day. They weren't actually bad, but it might be a bad example for this year. But previous years, teams in that sort of position will rest players, will play some of their kids, and it's it's good to bring youth in. But you've not won a trophy in years. Your t- like their fans must be going. I want to go to Wembley. Like, I want a trip out to Wembley. Okay, this year, you bloody couldn't get there, could you? Like, there's no trains. It was <laughs> random. There wasn't many coaches, but that's a, that's a whole different matter. Like, teams, you should be, your fans want to see a cup run because you're not going to win the league. Like, I bet every Wigan fan doesn't care that they got relegated that season because they've seen their team lift the trophy. Yeah. It, yeah. it will mean much more that one cher- like cherishing it than because they could get relegated the next year and then it's like oh we had a chance to get to Wembley but we didn't yeah and with those with those on that with with the mid table sides it's like obviously you'd rather a day out to Wembley than finishing eighth you know over tenth or or you know tenth yeah. over twelfth <laughs> so there's, there's there's a point of diminishing returns and I, I think Southampton probably a good example maybe Villa Everton. These are sides who we've seen over the last few years can go on a run and give big teams problems in every game. So there's no reason those teams can't go on, put on two or three big team victories and, and genuinely get to the final. Um, so I think I think the, the kind of mid-table clubs have, have seriously got to step up and, and maybe take the FA Cup and League Cup a bit more seriously. And, and hopefully that dominance will, will start to kind of dissipate over a few years. But... As, as it stands, it, it, it's hard to see that, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to see it. But, like, what's the FA doing to make that, that to make that trophy, you know, the FA Cup more prestigious? You know, why aren't we? Again, it's you're trying to appease the big boys. Because what if you said, all right, if you win the FA Cup, you get Champions League qualification. Now, of course, that could set up for failure because if, if Burton Albion somehow got to the final and won it, then you're going to get Burton Albion in Champions League. But if you want this competition, that's the point. You want to increase this excitement for a trophy, you know. Europa, and, Europa League, yeah, that would work. Well, it already is the Europa League, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It in is. that case, then it makes you think. Okay, if you get rid of the League Cup, then that makes added weight to the FA Cup because then there's one less trophy that you could go in for. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's a real hard thing, but it, because there's so much money now. There's a reason why they get disregarded, and it's a shame. Well, well speaking speak- of money, yeah, I was about to say the same <laughs> speaking thing. <laughs> of, speaking of money, let's talk about the UEFA Champions League. 
Now, once again, different views for me and Jordan here. <laughs> I think we should... Let's start with a game that's more neutral and the probably... Well, definitely the shock of the round. Bayern Munich 1, Villarreal 1. Uh, none of us predicted it. <laughs> I, no. d- I definitely didn't see it come in. No. Did you two watch the game? Well, I, I, I had it on my iPad in the background. Um, and I, I saw enough to know that Villarreal didn't pose much of a threat attacking in the, in the entire game, but were very good and, and very resilient defensively. Um, they kept buying at bay. They stuck in the game, and obviously it was pretty much just a counter, a, a long ball, I think, over the top for their equaliser. But you've got to give them credit. <laughs> As you said, they were, they were very well rested. Uh, and in the end, it, it, it paid off. It's a phenomenal win, uh, probably the shock of the biggest, one of the biggest shocks in the last few years of, of Europa. So you ready for Champions League? Um, and fair play to Unai Emery. Fair play. Yeah, I mean, as I've mentioned before, Bayern Munich, the games they've lost are the teams that they shouldn't be losing to. So even though I didn't think that they would lose to Villarreal, like it's not the biggest shock I've ever seen. But yeah, you can't take that away from you know take that away from Unai and Villarreal. They played really well and, and they look very good as a team. Can they shock Liverpool? I think I think they'll give it a go, and I think that they'll they might even get a goal against Liverpool in the first leg that will probably shake them a little bit. But but yeah, I think I think Bayern Munich aren't, aren't the team that everyone seems to think that they are, and I think you know, they might come a bit unstuck. Yeah, probably not the team they were. What when they won it? what, three, two, three years ago, something like that. They're a completely different side to what they are now. Um, but if we go with the other game where we're a bit more neutral, Liverpool-Benfica, well, <laughs> biggest aggregate score of 6-4 overall to Liverpool, obviously, but 3-3 at Anfield. Now, oh, like us. Like I said, it was a they had seven players rested Liverpool, so it wasn't a full strength team. But one you still expected Liverpool to win. I, I would have gone with. Sort of Benfica did themselves proud. Like you see teams come into the competition, you'll see them maybe even like defend like Villarreal did, and often not much attacking. But Benfica went, no, we're not doing that. We're gonna score goals. We're gonna entertain their fans. And probably it was a good spectacle even for Liverpool fans to see what Benfica can do. Now, was it was it the sort of the hardest rat, like game for Liverpool? Still no, but once like you said about the FA Cup and Chelsea, you can only play who you're drawn against. And I think Liverpool are very very happy now, especially that that side of the draw with Bayern going out. Speaking of Liverpool, they've just gone one new up against United. Uh, <laughs> Four minutes it took. Good, good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think with with Benfica, you're right. You know, Benfica definitely um, definitely did themselves proud. Um, I, I think because of the way the first leg panned out, the pressure was off. So I think I don't think they would have if that was the first leg. I don't think you would have seen such an open game. But any team who scores, you know, three goals at Anfield deserve some form of respect. So fair play, Benfica. Um, again, Liverpool, 
it just seems to go Liverpool's way, doesn't it? To, to, to have Benfica, then get Villa out in the next round. I think, Reese, to your point, you have to give... You have to give Villarreal some respect and get, maybe give them a small chance against Liverpool. They've beat Juve. They've knocked out Bayern. Maybe we've got to give them a little bit of hope. But realistically, I think Liverpool will, will comfortably move to the next round. Jay, any, any disagreements? Do you, do you see any hope for Villarreal at all? Sadly not. Um, I feel like Bayern obviously weren't hitting on all cylinders. And I think Liverpool are. So I think that really will the game will probably be a comfortable one for them. I don't know who's at home first. I think it might be Liverpool, and that might be just they'll blow them out of the park. But if then if it's a tighter game, then it gets a bit more interesting going back going at Villarreal. But yeah, it's hard to see anything else. And then on, I guess back back to the city city Atletico game. Some would call it a game. Some would call it a, a Royal Rumble. Um, <laughs> Reese, Reese, start us off. What was your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, City went through. They deserve to go through. You know, they got they got the result they needed. People can talk about Atletico's style of play all they want, but if every team played the same way, football would be boring. And on top of that, you'd have the same teams winning constantly, constantly, constantly. Atletico have a style that suits them and it's what's made them successful. You know, two league titles, I think two Europa Leagues in that time, a Copa del Rey, it's worked, okay? Whether people like it or not. And that was their game plan and they stuck with it and they narrowly, you know, they narrowly went out. Was some of the behaviour of the players acceptable? No. I mean, did Savage really need to pull Grealish's hair? No. But did Grealish really need to say anything to him? No. Did Foden really need to throw himself on the floor in that foul? No, but Aleko were doing the same thing. You know, was it a red card? Well, second yellow? Yes, it was. The follow-through was was poor. It was poor, whether people like it or not. And it is. City have gone through, and, and that was a tough one for them because they were coming up to a team that's they're not a long ball team or anything like that. They're just they're a, a Don Revy's peak League United team. And that's how They've gone into it and they've come unstuck, you know, and, and City went through in the end. And simple as that, City now just need to dust, well, they'll dust themselves off and look at the next match. Simple as that. Nothing to really dig deep into. Yeah, Jamie, I mean, there must have been some nervy moments for you during that sort of last probably 20 minutes or so. It, it wasn't the 20 minutes, it was the last 45. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, like before you get into the whole what happened at the end of the game, Atletico were brilliant, by the way. Like, we, like, as Pep said, we were in big, big trouble. And we were, we couldn't get, we couldn't string five passes together just due to them pressing so high up. And every time we just got rid of the ball, and then it was just a silly mistake, gave it back, pressure's back on us. And like, if they scored, even I would have been like, well, they probably actually deserved a goal. Now I'm happy they didn't. <laughs> but they still didn't create that them clear-cut chances. They they were in our half pretty much the whole time. And they had sort of some chances, some big blocks, some good clearances. But then they went and it was so stupid, that foul. Um, 
sort of he's made he's made the foul like that foul was coming like everyone could see it but the way he's kicked him after is just so stupid when you're on top okay it's going to waste like City are going to go and waste a minute or something like that but if you go and kick him or now you just saw it they're going to waste five minutes seven minutes yeah wasted their own time <laughs> you're wasting their own time when they're the ones who need need to go and get something sort of the whole savage stuff just what an idiot like Foden is obviously going to roll around like every player does and he rolled himself back on the pitch and then he's tried to pick him up how Savage didn't get sent off in the whole build-up. So he's picked up Foden. He made That's zero fouls, right? Zero, zero, zero fouls. Absurd. Zero fouls, but he still should have been sent off twice in that one two-minute thing. Picking up Foden's probably a booking. He head-butted Sterling. <laughs> Where's VAR in that? Where is VAR? Like, honestly, it's a straight red. It's not, it's not, it's just simple. Then it was pulling Greenlish's hair. That's probably another yellow. He did that in the first leg, by the way, and no one said anything. But it's just sort of like, what are VAR doing in that situation? But it was a night where we just needed to get get over the line. Now, the, the annoying part was Walker got injured. Obviously, it wasn't through any tackle. He looked like he twisted his ankle on the grass. It's just unlucky kind of thing. And then De Bruyne had stitches in his... Um, leg but that's kind of it we got through and that's what mattered yeah, but speaking tough. of Go on. the other game Jordan uh, take us through it how much did you believe I, I did look I, I said I said last week you know we you can never write us off if there's one team kind of one big game team in Europe we, we've proven it time and time again when the odds are against us in Europe, we can deliver a breathtaking display. You know, we've done it away to Barca before when everyone's written us off. And it was, it, it's, it's a combination of being ridiculously proud of the team and, and, and kind of heartbroken that, that we didn't get through. You know, we, we, we said the day before, if we start quick, we get the first goal, we've actually got a chance. And, and that, you know, yes, we didn't get through in the end, but that is one of the best performances I've seen a Chelsea team put in, in in probably 10 years. We were phenomenal. The team deserves a huge amount of credit. Tuchel deserves a huge amount of credit. You know, even Loftus-Cheek, Alonso players who kind of gone under the radar, even they stepped up. Um, and in the end, yeah, it, it was a real performance to be proud of. But <sighs> Luka Modric, man. What a pass. When you get dominated for 90 minutes, but Modric can just do that. I mean, fair play. The, the guy's still got it. You've got to give them some credit. Um, again, Benzema coming up with a goal in extra time. So fair play, Madrid. Job done. But I think it's very, very harsh that we went out on the balance of, of the two legs. But we, we live and we learn. It all comes down to that Mendy goal, as we, as we said before. Um, but yeah, if we can keep putting in performances like that in Europe, it won't be it won't be too long until we're kind of back in the in the later stages. Um, and just on that, one um, kind of moving on to the next round very quickly. I do think with City City with the Atletico game, I do think showed a little bit of weakness. So I think that game in the Bernabeu City versus Madrid um, could potentially be be another big battle where where maybe we might see City come come a little bit unstuck. 
not a, yeah, we'll see about that. That's a whole different game, I believe. We w- we won't have played our biggest game of the season with Liverpool the weekend before, kind of thing, where all our focus was on that. It won't be easy because we still got to win every game because we're in a title race, and yeah. obviously with United losing one nil are not helping us out. True. Now, if we're talking about Premier League managers, after ten years in charge, Sean Dyche got the sack. Now, Burnley are looking like they're going to go down. I don't know if it's mathematical yet or not. I don't think not it official. Is. Not not quite official. <clears throat> they probably are going to go down. But he was the person who was in the Premier League, the longest reigning manager. Ten years now. Did he deserve to go? Jordan? Comrie, I'll go and I'll start. I mean, no. For me, I think the, the overwhelming narrative was it, it was a harsh sacking. The guy's been there 10 years. He's kept Burnley, who, let's face it, are a you know, below-average team who maybe it's harsh because they've been in the Prem 10 years. That's a team that, for me, kind of belongs belongs a bit of a, a yo-yo club like Norwich, you know, up and down, up and down. But them being in the Prem 10 years is unbelievable. For me, 100% of that credit almost needs to go to Sean Dyche, even looking at some of the numbers. So in the last five years, their net spend was 59 million, right? That's lower than Fulham, Sheffield United and West Brom. <laughs> lower than three championship sides. Um, and that's the 18th highest in England. So what, what do you expect? The guy's done a phenomenal job, harsh sacking for me. And I think they're now going to be buried in the championship because of it. Um, I mean... At the end of the day, we have a tribalism mentality when it comes to football. Oh, we've been there 10 years. At the end of the day, so what? Like, if I'm at a job and, and another one comes along, you know, nine out of, you know, how many times are you going to take that better offer? The, what people need to understand with Burnley is that whenever they look like they're going to get out of it, they keep going, falling to defeats. It's like they'll take one step forward and then take two steps back again. Look, they had that revival. You know, you think the momentum would be behind them after Everton. What happens? They go and lose to Norwich. Regardless of Norwich's performance at Old Trafford, that's not good enough. You know, so, and if you look at all the teams around them that have changed their manager, they've all been better teams. Watford have been a better team under Hodgson. May not show that at the table, but they have. Norwich have been better under Dean Smith. Leeds have been better under Jesse Marsh. Everton, yes, they're struggling, but they've been better under Lampard. Let's be honest, they've got more reason to look up than they do down. Newcastle, Eddie Howe. Burnley didn't change. Where were they going? Why now? Is it too late? Well, they're hoping for that manager bounce. Something must have maybe gone on behind the scenes that we don't know, and he said something. But doing it now might have that positive reaction. They've got a draw at West Ham. You know, chances are Burnley probably wouldn't have won that under Dutch with the way they're going. So they're hoping for that manager bounce, I think. And I think they're already maybe planning for next season already. Maybe it was easy to get rid of him. How? I don't know. But I understand why they've done it. You know, it may upset the fans. But unfortunately, you know, football is, is ruthless. And if, if they couldn't see any way out of getting out of this relegation fight, you know, without sacking him, then they've, they've had to make that choice. It's, it's not a popular one. But at the end of the day, a football owner isn't isn't always going to make popular decisions. 
I understand your point there of trying to stay up and changing the manager. That's what a lot of teams down there do. Being honest, I think it's a lost cause. I do think Burnley are going to go down. They don't have all the players. They have a few. They've started actually signing some real good players. The Cornet and um, is it Weghorst or something Weghorst, like that? Yeah, yeah two, two good signings. To that name. Two good signings, but they were probably too little too late with the whole team sort of struggling. That I think was either last season or season before, they made one signing. It was for a million pound player. And that was just, it's just not enough to keep them up. I don't think many managers could keep them in the league for that long. I think they would have been going as a sort of, they couldn't even do a yo-yo, I don't believe. Whereas sort of, you see Fulham, Watford, Norwich, they're all spending more money, I believe, than Burnley would if they're always in the Prem. But I just think it was wrong. And I think he deserved to go out at the end of the season, at least, if not to have another chance to get them back up. I don't I don't think we'll see Burnley in the Premier League for a number of seasons, in my honest opinion. I think in the Championship, you have to be a bit more attacking than what Burnley are. And losing Chris Wood, who's probably their best, like who was their best striker, was a bit of a blow. Yeah, I think it was the wrong decision. Give him, I think he deserved more respect. But I don't think Dyche is going to be too bothered. I think he's got a £15 million payout. For being tough life, eh? Tough life. Like, I'd be sacked quite a lot <laughs> if I can get that much being given to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. May, maybe we shouldn't get the violins out too, too much for a £15 mil payout. <laughs> but uh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. We kind of all agree that Burnley are unfortunately buried. And, and you're right, probably Weghorst and, and Cornet may end up leaving um, if they get relegated. So, sorry, Burnley fans, we... we <laughs> you could be buried in the championship for a while. Um, on that note, that wraps us up this week um, for this episode. As always, let us know your thoughts. Like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill. Here we go. Here we go.